What are you doing here? Just waiting. Take your hand off the sail. Take it off. I've seen your boat before. Haven't seen you. Took it legal. Previous owner was dead on a tiller when I found it. You had another hour before I cleared it up again. <laughs> Just improving my means. Well, I owe you then. No, thanks. Two drifters meet. Something needs to be exchanged. I know the cause. But I'll give you this one for free. Nothing's free in Waterworld. Welcome to The Boot! That's right, it's The Boot! We're recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. Stop, Hollywood. Stop. Please. We're like the armed forces of reboots. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. That one doesn't really work. I'm running out of uh, metaphors here. Similes. forces. Very militant. This is the part where our podcast becomes a cult. (laughs) Guys, I'm Brian Flynn, and in the schooner next to me, stealing my lime tree... (laughs) It's Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? I'm great. I enjoyed watching this movie so much. I'm a little shocked. It's September, and this month, Ken and I have picked one of America's, if not the world's, Mm. most celebrated actors, and we were going to be talking about a few select movies in his filmography. We were doing the 1995 blockbuster flop, Waterworld, starring Kevin Costner, Gene Triplehorn, Dennis Hopper, Tina Majorino, and... Michael Jeter. I almost was like, Derek Jeter? Um, (laughs) Could you imagine? So Ken and I are, for the next month, next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about a couple Kevin Costner movies. So uh, It's a Costner-thon! We're we're starting with Waterworld, the kind of uh, maligned. Did I use that properly? Oh, uh, HBO calls it, uh, in their description that I saw before I clicked play on HBO Go, a notorious adventure epic. It certainly is. Um, Had you seen it? I had seen it. What's weird is I only ever remember seeing it on TV, which is a big commitment because with commercials, it's a solid four hours of entertainment. But yeah, I I just don't think I – of all the movies we've watched, I don't think I expected to watch this one and be like – Please, Hollywood, remake this movie. <laughs> it deserves a remake. There are definite flaws with what is happening in this movie, mm-hmm. but like the structure of the movie actually works and and there's so many good moments that I see uh, so much potential in this movie that I it's it's almost like I I love it like a little little sibling. Yeah. Like I'm like You're rooting for it. <laughs> I'm like, "Please, if we if we just encourage it, if we let it grow and develop, like it will turn into something yeah. so wonderful." So Ken and I are going to pick our top five characters from this movie and reboot it as if this movie was to be remade today. Um, but before that, we're going to get into some reboot news. Can it, um, do you want to do this? Well, how do you want to do this? I'll go first. You go first. Treadstone drama set in Jason Bourne universe lands series order at USA Network. USA Network has ordered the drama Treadstone straight to series. Variety has learned the series, which was originally ordered to pilot back in April, centers on the fictional CIA black ops program Operation Treadstone, which was the program that created super spy Jason Bourne. The covert program uses behavior modification protocol to turn recruits into nearly superhuman assassins. The first season follows sleeper agents across the globe as they are mysteriously awakened to resume their deadly missions. Uh, the series will go into production in 2019. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, this seems like a pretty natural progression for the Born series. What's funny is I didn't see the last one, and when it came out, I was like, "Please stop." Yeah, and the whole it they did that whole thing where there was they took a movie off and they looked at another agent played by Jeremy Renner. Yeah, and then for some reason for the next movie, Matt Damon reboarded the series. You followed me to Beirut. The last time I saw my father, I went there to tell him that Treadstone had approached me. But if it was his program, why didn't he say anything to me? Why? Which I'm just not a fan of. What's going on with Jeremy Renner trying to come in and take over a franchise and it just completely not going anywhere? Guys, I feel like we maybe give Jeremy Renner a little too much credit. Really? I still... Uh, I don't know if I fully believe in him. I saw a Tag recently and I yeah. was like, he's like really good in this movie, but he's also kind of like... He doesn't need to be in this movie yeah, at all. Yeah, he's he's misplaced yeah. in tag. Um, anyways, this TV show, I think, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. 
the the only thing I worry about is it getting that kind of procedural mm-hmm. kind of tone where it's like we need to w- we need we have our six agents and they go off on their missions and they all have to live at the end like. The show needs to be like the Americans. Like we don't just need to keep like finding new agents. Yeah, I don't want like to keep the ball rolling. I don't want like mission of the week or agent of the week. What I could what like if this was like an anthology though, I could also get down on that. Yeah, if like every time it was a new person in a new location in a new secret ops scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Right. I I mean, I'm not I can't tell you the last time I watched something on USA. Uh so I can't say I'm gonna try to find this but all right uh moving on paul Shear's galaxy quest show is in a hold pattern but will be what force awakens is to star wars Shear said the firing of paramount tv president amy powell has slowed the momentum on his update of the beloved 1999 sci-fi comedy quote we're currently in a little bit of a hold pattern because our executive at paramount amy powell was fired for some insensitive comments when it does lift off Shear's planned update will honor not just star trek but star wars we want to create this kind of thing that feels like this epic sequel but a continuation i compared it to what the force awakens is to star wars it's continuing a story but bringing in new characters he said Shear said he wants to create the same delight that galaxy quest brought him when he was a teen as a young star trek fan he appreciated that someone would so affectionately send up something he loved um We've talked about this movie before, right? Galaxy Quest? I yeah. don't think we have talked about it before. Okay. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's so funny. Have you seen it? I have seen okay. it. I can't say I've seen it recently enough to have a decent opinion on it, but I trust you a little bit. I'm just going to say Sam Rockwell and play all of Sam Rockwell's best parts in that movie. <laughs> hey, don't open that! It's an alien planet! Is there air? You don't know! Wait, but who does he play? Is he on the... He plays the red shirt character. Do you know what a red shirt means, like, in Star Trek? Yes. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you don't know. I um, love Star Trek. He he plays this guy who gets zapped up mm-hmm. at the comic book convention or the Galaxy Quest convention that they're at, and he is an, the actor, the, like, background actor who's struggling to realize that he de- has no place on this crew, and so he's mm. doomed to die through the whole thing. Okay. Um. But his performance should not overshadow the performances such as Tony Shalhoub oh, classic. and Alan fucking Rickman. Alan Rickman is in this movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Even Tim Allen is like, you know, on his best day is pretty good. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who are going to dislike Tim Allen for his his personal beliefs. Yeah. But I mean, we were all there for home improvement. The thing about Paul Shear, who we're both big fans of. Yeah. Big fans, Paul. <laughs> it's sort of like who who was he thinking of casting on this show? Because he's like, I want it to be epic. I want it to like play homage to the original Galaxy Quest and also to Star Trek and for some reason Star Wars. Um I feel like it's gonna sort of be the way that like Star Trek Discovery is an extension of the Star Trek universe, but it's so fam- there's so many familiarities to mm-hmm. it that it's so easy to get into. I feel like he's going to pull that and be like, if you've seen Galaxy Quest and you get that, let's just expand it a little. We'll rejoin some new characters, but maybe add elements of, I don't know, in the way that Star Trek is very much like a mission of the week and Star Wars is more this like very large serialized adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's just going to mix those elements and we'll get we'll get a different kind of Star Trek experience. What do you think about his cast? Because the movie has some like heavy heavy hitters. hitters. Honestly, I feel I well, I mean, I'm going to be disappointed if Jason Manzukis is not in this show. Honestly, oh, absolutely. Why doesn't why isn't he starring in this show? Why did, why doesn't he star in a show in general? He's if, so funny. If Manzukis's character is Shalub's son, <laughs> I think that would make I think that would make I Jason think, so happy. <laughs> I think my head would explode. Um, uh, but he, I, Sheer has enough clout right now that I feel like he could get some real firepower into this, and it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, sorry, I'm groaning just because I'm looking at the the next line item that we got Ready? going on here. <clears throat> at least I don't have to read it. <clears throat> John Ham, Ed Harris, and the son of our. President, during our most trying time, Lewis Pullman joined Top Gun Maverick team. Cue the ham horn. 
John Hamm, Ed Harris, and Lewis Pullman have been set to join the cast of Top Gun Maverick, the sequel to the iconic original that is in the works at Paramount Pictures. They join a cast top line by Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Glenn Powell, Jennifer Connelly, and Miles Teller, which Joseph Kaczynski is directing. The film is set for release July 12, 2019. Teller plays the son of Maverick's former partner, Goose, played by Anthony Edwards R.I.P., who met his end in the 1986 original. The plot is mostly under wraps, but it follows Cruise's Pete Mitchell, who is now an instructor at the Top Gun School and taking Teller under his wing. The reason I feel like I keep including more details about the movie is that with each new casting announcement, they reveal like tiny little bits Mm -hmm. that they hadn't before. Because like we haven't seen anybody outright say that the movie is about Maverick being an instructor at the Top Gun School. No, but uh, in the course of like editing these little segments and trying to pull like clips from Top Gun, there Mm -hmm. is a clip about like. The whole thing about, like, whoever wins Top Gun gets to yeah. come back at any time. The best driver in his reel from each class has his name on it. And they have the option to come back here to be Top Gun instructors. You think your name's going to be on that plaque? Yes, sir. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company you're in. I like that in the pilot. I, I watched that and I was like, this is the natural way into this is like Tom Cruise comes back. But also like if you look at the character of Maverick, he's not the kind who's just like going to hang up his hat and go teach. Oh, no. He's going to be like the rebellious. Yeah. Sort of. He's never going to stop writing checks that his body can't cash, you know. But this is big casting news. This is John Ham, Ed Harris. And please look up a picture of Louis I, Pullman. I he did. looks exactly like his dad. It's so adorable. So we kind of joke that this is like Creed. Mm-hmm. This is like Creed on like steroids because it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. people are coming out of the woodwork to be in this movie. To be the father of someone, the son of someone yeah. else, just to be part of, I don't know. But I'll say this. You had me at John Hamm. I'm very excited for this movie. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, yes! I will follow that man everywhere and anywhere. All right. Well, we're going to have a great big old... Top Gun episode in 2019. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay, guys, let's get into the reboot of Waterworld. But before we get into that, we got to tell you the rules because like any great post-apocalyptic society. There are rules. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen. So if you haven't seen Waterworld, pause us, go watch it and then come right back. It's worth your time. It's worth your, what is it? It was like two and a half hours long. It's worth all two and a half hours. It's pretty long. Uh, now to the rules. Rule number one, no remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like The Born Identity that pop back up with sequels every once in a while, whenever they feel like it. Whenever every 18 months. Whenever Jeremy Renner wants to try <laughs> to do something. Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no tender casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. And I know how hard it was to not cast someone who looks as glorious as Kevin Costner in this movie. <clears throat> Recasting Kevin Costner is becoming more and more impossible as we kind of go through this month. But we're going to tr- give it a whirl anyways. Guys, this is the reboot of Waterworld. Well, the marks on her back. People say it's the way that dry land. Dry is a myth! Lou, you said so yourself that you know where it is. He did. And you're a fool to believe in something you've never seen before. You've seen it? I've touched it! God, there was richer and darker than yours. It was in the basket we found in no land! It doesn't exist! Well, how can you be so sure? Because I've sailed farther than most have dreamed. And I've never seen it. So we decided to do Kevin Costner because he has such a prolific body of work. I mean, you say it like the conversation didn't go, let's do Waterworld. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, heck, let's do a whole month of Kevin Costner movies. And you were like, okay. Well, I immediately were like, <laughs> I can name nine movies that I've right. seen and know. He's got, and I, this is such a fascinating thing about him as an actor. He's been in so many movies that we as a an industry have not touched. Like you can't say that for a lot of other actors. And so the fact that we could look at him and be like, here's five movies that we could easily do. Yes. You can't Um, say that for a lot of people. Waterworld, directed by Kevin Reynolds, director of such movies as Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Mm. The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. And it stars Kevin Costner as Mariner, 
Gene Triplehorn as Helen, Tina Majorino as Anola, Dennis Hopper as Deacon, and Michael Jeter as Old Gregor. Old Gregor. Um, <laughs> this is my first note in this movie, and I think this will kick it off our discussion of this misunderstood blockbuster. Okay. Everyone in this movie is acting so fucking hard. <laughs> And, and they don't seem to be in the same no, movie. No, every together. actor is in their own version of Waterworld, and it's so phenomenal. Um, I, but I enjoy, I enjoyed this movie. It was really strange. The only part I unfortunately thought was the worst part was our leading man. Yeah, it was fascinating to like twenty minutes into the movie, really take a look at it and be like, okay, I see the the cheese of the time. The the lack of – it just looks a little dated. But then I was like, you know what? There's some pretty great world building here. Like we are introduced to what Waterworld is pretty quickly and efficiently. And so I'm in. The design is beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I Like the story you can see is – which is actually really funny. Like the story is structured very well. Like you're very clearly on board. It's like this world is doomed. Yeah. The people are just like scraping to get by and and there's all these different new customs that have sort of grown from our old world. It just – at times you're just kind of like, why are they talking like this to each other? Which did you read that in the trivia that they were like, you know, if the polar ice caps really did melt, it would only raise the sea level like – 100, 200 feet. It would not like cover everything. cover entire cities. I know. Although, PSA, we shouldn't get to that point, guys. No, 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 no. That, no. Where that's mass famine and displacement of human beings. I also really uh, – I was happy to read this in the trivia because when I was watching the movie first, I literally wrote down, Mad Max walked so that Waterworld could run. Pure dirt. Oh, yeah. 3.2 kilos. <sighs> How'd you come by so much of it? Another eight hole, 30 horizons west of here. Where'd they get it? They didn't say. We heard about that place. Heard they was all killed. That's why they didn't say. And so reading in the trivia how inspired they were by the Road Warrior, I was like, it looks similar, but it's all good. Like, I'm not looking at it as some sort of ripoff of of the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world. I'm like, this is a great version of... But it it kind of felt like these two worlds could fit on the same map, you know? Like, if Australia still existed while the rest of the, for some reason, like the rest of the world sank i would even you believe, could sort of feel like these two worlds like were i would conjoined. even believe that like you could call the mad max movies like prequels to whatever this is yeah like i would not doubt that there's a world where eventually like everything collapses the water levels rise oh and all of the sudden because like the massive drought leaves leads into a massive flood there's a version of this movie where like Dennis Hopper's performance aside, like there's a, (laughs) which we'll get, we'll get there, but like his villainy, it exists in the same universe. Like you could take him and put him in Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. And you're Absolutely. I will say this. Guzzoline is a way better word than go juice. Go juice. So let's talk about Mariner. Okay. Because... I, I, I saw this and I was just like, okay, this th- this movie's coming out in 2018. I know exactly who would be in it because I've seen them like all summer long. <laughs> or like if it's oh. not this summer, it was last summer or next summer. So you picked a superhero. I picked actors who have been in, yes, superhero movies, some mm. crazy big blockbusters because like – I didn't do that. So. Fine. That's fine because this is how I thought about it. Like this movie I think needed that kind of – summer action lead that mm-hmm. you'd be like, I know what kind of movie I'm watching and it's yeah. going to be kind of like big and epic and sprawling. Mm-hmm. This movie was like, let's get one of the best actors of our generation to play a merman. You know yeah, what I mean? Honestly, I feel like we're going to get into quite a bit with just Kevin Costner because he is the weak link of the movie. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get this? From down below. This is mine. You don't touch anything. Well, I drew it for you. You don't draw on anything. You understand? This is a big action adventure epic, and it's Kevin Costner as the lead. It's 40-year-old Kevin Costner who is asking the VFX department to cover up his receding hairline. (laughs) 
in a water movie. And I was thinking, because we were talking about, like, who in this timeline would you rather have seen in this movie? And you were like, oh, Nick Cage. Cage. And I was like, he would never have anyone cover up his hairline. No, no, no. Not he would, at least he would not wear with it loud and proud. He, <laughs> would, he would love it. Heck, he'd shave his head. He'd be like, let me just oh, yeah. take care of this for you guys. Um, so why don't you go first then? <laughs> okay. Man, my cast is a little weird. <laughs> but I'm not ashamed of it. Because when I was – when we were watching this movie and talking about it – and just saying how we really just needed someone who cuz i don't think i don't think that the problem is that kevin costner has passed his prime he looks great he's 40 but he looks fantastic and he's yeah. doing okay there is just no like spark in his eye because here's the thing about being like a an action adventure star is you have to be the one that like ladies are going to be like oh i have to go see this movie and guys are going to be like i want to see him do like action bits yeah Action bits. Listen, guys, don't let my industry speak <laughs> distract you from the point of our podcast. Um, and so I wanted to say that because I did cast someone who was 41 years old to play the Mariner. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as soon as I got him in my head, I couldn't get him out. All right. And I'm very excited about my choice because he's my favorite person in the whole world. I think... Orlando Bloom shouldn't be the Mariner. Wow. Wow. What? <laughs> what? Okay. 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 I think I'm just, I think I'm just laughing because this is just an insane movie that we've picked. Um, in terms of merit of actor, um, it's a different character. Yes. Because he's more of a swashbuckling. He's not the like wholesome Getting caught up in the pirate lifestyle. Will he? Won't he? What's his real character scenario? Let's get like, here's the things we know. Mm-hmm. He looks great with long hair. Mm-hmm. He looks great wet. He, <laughs> okay. he can operate a boat. Yeah. He has charm and charisma. Like, I think. The thing that maybe Orlando Bloom has for him that Kevin Costner doesn't is, which, I mean, we'll get into this with our next Costner movie, but he doesn't bring any humor to this part. In the way that, like, the deacon is, like, out of control over the top. Very arch. And Kevin Costner is just playing this so subtly. Yeah. uh, It doesn't make sense. Like, I... Okay. My brain is splitting in two because I need to talk about Kevin Costner and your point. You're right. I watched this movie and I was like, this is sort of like a proto Wolverine, right? Okay. A proto Logan. He he is a loner. He doesn't trust society. They see him as kind of like a freak. And he has all mm-hmm. these like powers that he, you know, turned violent. You know, it, like his powers are. Powers. You know, he's, he's like he strong. He can like. Skills. No, but like, did you see him like jump a thousand feet out of the water onto his boat he has some like weird kind of like yeah he's a little bit fish but there's no joy like there's no Mm -hmm. like it i wrote this down drink every time kevin costner speaks and within the first hour i had three drinks yeah you know what i mean like there's no open opportunity for us to enjoy who he is as a character to follow him through this Mm -hmm. movie until maybe an hour in and it's like what like but there, Why? there is like even the first time we really see him interact with somebody and it's this like he meets another drifter mm-hmm. and they have to go through, I guess, all the formalities of the world. And this guy is he doesn't trust him. Like there are moments for humor and personality to slip in there. But that's not that's not right. what happens. How many people have you killed? Including little girls. I'm not afraid of you. We talk a lot. I talk a lot because you don't talk at all. All it needed is one small moment where he goes, he's at the the water bar and he sees Enola. And it's like, if they had just had like one small interaction where yeah. she could make him smile, it'd be there like, is, there you go. Like, there is no, get ready for this, guys. There's no save the cat moment. There's no. <laughs> we don't have the license to that book. Brian just got up and left. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I could. <clears throat> we get so far into the movie before we realize he has a soft spot for Enola that why at all do we trust him to take Helen and Enola away? There's no moment where we get to see who he is as a person and right. not just as like what everybody thinks he is. I think that's what's so frustrating. And I don't don't think I haven't forgotten about Orlando Bloom. <laughs> 
But I think that's right. Like I, that's why this movie gets so close and yet Mm -hmm. it doesn't hit because there's like three little moments where it's just like, if you had just tweaked it Mm -hmm. slightly, we'd be fine. You would have seen so many more gains on the enjoyment of this movie because Mm -hmm. there are so many good parts about this movie. And it's like, you just, it with like those most important moments just fell flat. And so everything just feels weird and off and it doesn't make sense in, in some points. Um, Orlando Bloom. <clears throat> Do you think men in 2018 mm-hmm. want to go see Orlando Bloom do, yeah. quote, action bits? Yeah, 100%. I don't think – I don't know a single man who doesn't want to see Orlando Bloom do I, action bits. I don't think you <laughs> have talked about Orlando Bloom to a lot of men these days. But They're I, not into it? That's the only thing that I – that's the only thing. They're not into it. People aren't into Orlando Bloom. No, that's what? the only thing that I, I I would say like this is a problem area for me is that like – No way. Yeah, a little he bit. He has not starred in a movie in so long. You don't think people are going to be like, hey, it's like Orlando Bloom doing boat stuff again. Let's do this. <laughs> not in one – not in the slightest – <laughs> Although that should be the slogan of Orlando Bloom's Waterworld. This is Orlando Bloom doing Dude, boat stuff. Guys, guys, <clears throat> come um, on. Okay. All right. We're, I don't know where to okay, go. Okay, you here. better have a stellar answer. No, for I this don't. You know what I do? Because... I have I have a down the middle fucking yeah, obviously, because this person is pretty much playing this character in three months. I picked Jason Momoa. Not a fan. I, fine, but you don't th- you don't think men aren't going to see Jason Momoa do action bits on the water? Yeah, I mean he has a lot of goodwill going into Aquaman. He might not have a gut- lot of goodwill coming out of it. Sure, this is what I wanted. Kevin Costner is is a handsome of a man as he is. It kind of struck me that we were watching a guy who looked like he stepped out of like. Kansas City, Missouri. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. I went diversity and then I was like, Jason Momoa. I was like, Jason Momoa opens this movie. That's at least $200 million opening That's a question that I found myself asking. And I'm going to ask myself this same question with every single Costner movie we do. As a woman watching this movie, am I supposed to be attracted to the Mariner? I, I... And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's that part where he gets to the atoll and they won't let him leave. And the like weird uh, religious group is like, all we want is your seed. And then later when <laughs> Helen is like, okay, like, what do you really want out of this deal? Like, I'll give you anything. People are throwing themselves at him. And he is immune. You said so yourself. Been out there a long time. A couple hours ago, I was potential dirt to you. We're not like that. You all are. Kevin Costner doesn't want any of it. I don't know if it's so much like sexual attraction as much as we at least want to follow him along. And I think Momoa will bring you the sort of same kind of gruff loner mm-hmm. on the on the high seas. But he'll give you a little like humor and warmth that you'll be like, you know what? I think I might like this person enough to kind of like keep going with this movie that Costner does not give us no. at all. They're like, hey, we need you to play a fucking asshole. He's like, check. And then like doesn't talk for like an hour. And then when he does, he like hits a woman and throws her child over the boat. And you're just like, well, this guy. I, I think remember. part of my dissent with Jason Momoa is that it's too big of a shift. Like if you like thinking about who the Jason, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much of a move from what what he was in this movie to who he would be in a Jason Momoa version. But I do think it's fascinating that we picked people who are doing water have done or will water be doing movies. water movies. Like we were like who do we already know who is like a water person? Okay, this is the last thing I'll say about Orlando Bloom. I know how much you love him <laughs> I do and love I think him. it's brave of you that you put him here. <laughs> and and to put him through the gauntlet of this podcast. So cheers to you. Listen, he would legitimately, well, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, I think some pretty serious like accusations would have to be made against him before I would give up <laughs> on Orlando Blue. Okay, let's move on to Helen. This one was a little strange too. Like she seemed like she generally just stepped out of 1995, right? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Not the character, sorry. 
Gene Triplehorn. Gene Triplehorn. Like her performance really just felt kind of mod- like contemporary to me. As opposed uh, to like a woman who lived on this like island of drifters. Because everyone in this movie is like a maniac. But I think that's how we're supposed to feel about her. Is that she, Enola isn't her daughter, but she has somehow ended up caring for this little girl who has the secret to dry land tattooed on her and i think we are supposed to feel that way though of like she is the every woman who has taken up the mantle of caring for this precious thing and i mean i i think i get what you're saying but i think she does a good she does a good job i think once she gets on the boat she does a good job but yeah but there were times on the boat when i was like she's just shooting all women in the foot like the number of times she just like did things and i was like even if you hate the mariner just like use your common sense yeah you're taking us to dry land how long you plan to hold that on me as long as it takes okay so i picked an actress who was in a summer blockbuster this year okay and i i liked her because she was a little more steely-eyed like kind of a little more cold-hearted which i thought helen kind of had to be if she was going to be like the protector of this child Mm -hmm. because i think i think helen in the original version or the only version um (laughs) you mean not the movie novelization yeah um it was just like like the moment where she has to like unlock mariner from the cage as he's like sinking into the acid mud which was super cool It, it felt like she was just very quick to just be like yeah this is fine like it, it, it's it, like she just kind of was along for it as opposed to a character who would be a little more wary of who this person is and who she's gotten herself involved with. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because honestly, they're the way they played the role should have been switched. Like the Mariner should have been this sort of like looser, more fun character. And then Helen needs to be the one who is so protective and very stone-faced because she she is on a mission. So it's I think that's maybe one of the reasons that we like bumped with the story and the way like Kevin Costner was playing it is because it really should have been the other way around. Like we would have connected with these characters more. I absolutely agree because yeah. like that moment that you talk about where she like offers herself to him. Mm-hmm. I think if she had been more defensive and cold mm-hmm. and like prickly, I guess, would speak way more volumes about who she was than how she's currently portrayed yeah so i picked hannah john Kamen from ready player one and mm-hmm. black mirror she mm-hmm. was also the bad guy in ant-man and the wasp in the few movies that i've seen her in, she she had this great ability to kind of have a, a real agency to her but also be very clinical yeah which i which is kind of what i keyed in on for helen yeah i think that's a really good choice because if if we're speaking of this new version of the character being more like what we would anticipate her to be in a pretty standard summer blockbuster action adventure movie. She can absolutely do that. And she's very like in everything she's done. She's very like physically capable, interesting to watch. Yeah. I like this a lot. Thanks. who do you get? Um, <laughs> I picked someone who was in a movie uh, earlier this year that nobody liked. Um, Please don't tell me I have to pull out a Mamma Mia clip. No, no, I don't think so. I picked Gugu and Batha Ra, who, I mean, I don't know if you watched the Cloverfield Paradox, but she was in that. Um, I did not watch it, but she does. She was also in A Wrinkle in Time, Beauty and the Beast. I saw her in Concussion, mm-hmm. and I she watched like 10 minutes of Beauty and the Beast. San Junipero, the now Emmy-winning uh, episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. You've probably seen her in one thing or the other. Yeah. But I really liked... There was something about when I thought of her that I couldn't get her out of my mind because I was like, I think she can equally do this sort of acting mother part as easily as she could do the protective, stern woman who is just trying to survive. I always thought Dryland floated. It drifted with the wind. That's why it was so hard to find. Why did you believe in it so much? Because we weren't made for the sea. Got hands and feet. We're supposed to walk. I like this pick a lot. I don't remember her work that much, but she seems to be playing a lot of tough roles. But like when you look at her, she kind of seems like she could be like vulnerable at any minute, which I also think is kind of interesting about Helen. Like, you know, you're, you're essentially taking your child with a stranger alone mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. 
and hoping that they that nothing happens to you. And I think that's that's a, always like a great character to follow in these kinds of I don't know disaster movies or I don't know what you would call this. This is not really a disaster movie. It's, a, it's a apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I I like this pick a lot. I wish I knew her work more. She seems like she's everywhere. Yeah, she's done a little bit of everything. So I trust her. I trust her with this. Great. Let's move on to Enola, played by Tina Majorino. Uh, so I picked Aubrey Anderson Emmons, who is... Modern Family? Yeah. Yeah, I looked at she her She plays Lily on Modern Family. And I think the thing I really liked about her, I didn't realize she was so young. I honestly thought she was probably like 14 by now. She's only 11. Is that if you've ever seen Modern Family, she is entirely capable, very precocious, but not in a way that's grating. And so I think that's something that uh, Tina Majorino brings to the part is that she's a kid. She's a full on kid who literally just wants to color everything. But she's still very capable of like when she sees the smokers coming towards the boat, she hides because she knows what she has to do. Like she is equal parts, just a little girl trying to be a little girl and a post-apocalyptic survivor given a great gift give it a rest he'll come for me he will well i hope he does remember you said that i thought about her too because you're right about that like precociousness but she's Mm -hmm. so smart and she seems like she's gonna have the career where in like five years she's gonna be in like a coming of age movie or like a party movie you're gonna be like oh my god i'm the oldest person on earth yeah but yeah i am yeah, and she could be funny, you know. Mm-hmm. The reason I didn't pick her was because I kept thinking about, like, this sort of post-apocalyptic world. But I do like the fact that she's a little softer, thereby probably making her more of, a, like, a more precious MacGuffin yeah. character that they would have to kind of make sure that they rescue. I ultimately ended up going with an actress who was a little tougher. Mm-hmm. I picked Daphne Keene who played mm-hmm. X-23 from Logan. Because despite the fact that she spoke, not even despite the fact, but even though she spoke Spanish to that whole movie, and there was like this great storyline of like this language barrier, she, one, was like super tough, which I think is like important for this kind of world, where it's like everyone in this movie needs to be from like day one sort of like a survivalist. Mm-hmm. But she was so warm in that movie too. I never saw Logan. I mean, I felt pretty strongly about just, I'm so tired of... Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. <laughs> I just wanted it to stop. Well, you know um, what? It does I've heard stop. she's wonderful. Yeah. So that's great. I think that's a, I don't know her, but I think that's a great choice um, based on what other people say. Let's get to the meat of this podcast. Okay. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Let's just Deacon. talk for like 45 minutes about <laughs> how crazy Dennis Hopper is. I loved every scene he was in, but I was also like, why is he making, why is he making these choices? It It is baffling. Okay. So part of this is that we read in the trivia that there is a lot of stuff, a lot of story pulled out of this movie and editing that explains maybe a little more about who Deacon is Mm -hmm. and what the smokers do, which would have been helpful. Like the smokers, they're not just a group of survivors who are living off of, you know, his good grace. They are believers in some like religious thought process that has developed out of the post-apocalyptic water world. And we don't get any of that. Yeah, they just come off as like rubes. And every time he appears, so many people die. It is insane to me. Yeah, like he's not really strategic about getting one person. He's no. just like, blow them all away. You'll notice the arterial nature of the blood coming from the hole in my head. You can assume that we're all having a real lousy day. So here it is. I need to know about that tattooed girl. I was flummoxed at this first assault on the atoll. I was like, the number of people you lost. Yeah. And things just explode. I couldn't believe how, why? You could have just surrounded them and be like, give us the girl or we'll kill all of you. Or they could have just quietly gone in, stolen the girl. And even if they got caught, they'd be like, what are you going to do? No one in that place seemed like they had any agency to fight back at all. Yeah, because they have a spy on the inside. Why don't they just have that guy like meet them at a, I don't understand. I don't know. But I, I will say this. His performance is insane, but mm-hmm. I I loved every minute that he was on the screen. 
So I don't know. I like, I don't know where I land on this. I like, I had so much fun watching him, but it was also just like, he was the only one who kind of knew that this thing was such a hodgepodge of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I, I would say that we, we've said that every actor in this movie is in a different movie. I think everybody should be in the movie that Dennis Hopper is in. <laughs> that's, they should that's a meet, great point. They he should is meet the him north. where he is. He is true yeah. north. Follow his star. Yes. And you'll get to the promise. Because land. that's what you want the movie to be. It should be noted that this is post rehab, Dennis Hopper. So this is just him like being a great actor. Yeah. He wasn't even drinking. What did, was it rumored he did like a gallon of rum a day? Oh God, I bet. Yeah. Apparently he went, guys, just go literally type into Google crazy Dennis Hopper stories and I guarantee you're going to have a good time looking at everything he's done in his life. Okay. So I had to pick an actor who could be just as insane because this is the one thing I didn't want to change. So I picked one of my favorite fucking actors, Academy Award winner, Sam Rockwell. (laughs) It's not a bad choice. It's not a bad choice. Let me say that again. Academy Award winner. He won an Academy Award. He like a he's like an Ed Harris type in that he doesn't seem like a he doesn't seem like an actor mm-hmm. like he just seems like a guy who does this thing really well yeah, yeah. and I, I really like Sam Rockwell I enjoy him in wasn't he in uh, what was that movie called about the water park uh, the way way back yeah I think so yeah yeah gosh he's good the thing I kept thinking about for Deacon is like how he kept obsessing about his missing eye that he loses in the beginning of the movie which I thought Mm -hmm. was such a great character thing he's just like yeah I lost an eye but you know what like this is the sort of world it looks like guys I know what you're thinking I lost an eye but but that like Emperor's New Clothes moment where they like paint an eye on him (laughs) and he's going around the room he's like what is it how does it look well looks nice I like it better than you realize much better what do you say Toby the truth looks like shit it does look like shit. Yeah, I feel like I went a slightly different direction. <laughs> but I, I really like my choice for this because I was I was at an event recently for a show that this actor is in. And we were commenting on how, like, honestly, I can't name that many things that I've seen him in mm-hmm. because I just tend to forget that his filmography is all over the place. And so he's got every kind of appeal to him. Like you will watch him be funny. You will watch him do action. You will watch him like do everything. Mm-hmm. He's easily watchable. Um, also, I just feel like we need to like bring him back up into the zeitgeist. Antonio Banderas. Oh, I like that. How old is Antonio Banderas? He's 58 years old. That's right on the mark. Yeah. Um, that's a really good pick. Because I can see him being crazy, but in the most controlled way possible. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I love him. For I, that. I think I think you're right. Like he will have fun with it, mm-hmm. but he won't be insane with it. Mm-hmm. And I also think he could be menacing. Like I don't think I've ever seen a, a movie where he's been like menacing, which I think would be a really interesting thing to see him do. Someone, to be like a really broad villain. Yeah, 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 that's really good. Okay, old Gregor, played by Michael Jeter. You know what's wow. like? This guy was in so much stuff, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that he had died like 15 years ago. Yeah, not long after this movie <clears throat> came out. Uh, okay, so we have to address the fact that this man's accent is <laughs> it's sort of like Eastern Bloc Russian. Yeah, but it's 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 just. I don't know how they arrived at that decision. Honestly, I don't know how we got there. Are all of your kind as bad-tempered as you are? I have no kind. Oh, fish rot. I'd be surprised if there weren't others. And if there aren't, there will be eventually. So I picked for my old Gregor someone who is actually old and not just Mm. a middle-aged person in old-age makeup doing a funny accent. I picked Ben Kingsley. Oh, that's pretty. That's good. Yeah. I really felt strongly, first of all, about making my cast as diverse as possible because mm-hmm. honestly, like in Waterworld, there are no physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that we would be meeting people from all over the world. And Orlando Bloom. <sighs> I'm just going to need you to calm down for a second. I'm going to make you a believer. <laughs> I'm going to make you a believer in Orlando Bloom. Ben Kingsley is a great, um, great actor. And, and a great I can, choice. and given the fact that he, he does, he does serious so well. I mean, I can't wait to see operation finale. He's going to nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like think he's done some really like lighthearted fun stuff as well that I think makes me think 
he would give a great funny performance if you gave him something like this. See his role as Trevor in Iron Man 3. That yeah. is such a great yeah. like undercutting so twist of that, of that character. So weird. It's so funny and he does it so well. Yeah. Um I think that's great. I I went this is probably my strangest pick out of all of them. Um I wanted to pick someone who had the kind of weirdness that old Gregor has. Like old Gregor mm-hmm. basically built a Zeppelin. Yeah, and then on accident, he like Wizard of Oz is his way away yeah. from them. He's like, it's an accident. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's kind he's of this, not Mario. Yeah. So he's like the only other like true believer in this like map yeah. sort of um calling that that is um given to us. And so I looked at a lot of older actors, like kind of old like what are they called in like fairy tales? They're they're hermits, right? Like they're they're these mm-hmm. kind of men who have the magic knowledge that kind of bestow them on the hero. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to take that and put it into a, a different context for the atoll because I, I love the idea that like Helen and Alona are there to like protect each other. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking like this old man really wouldn't be able to do anything if someone decided to kind of like take Helen or take Alona. Mm-hmm. So I decided to gender swap it <gasps> with a really great actress who plays a lot of weird fucking characters. Okay. I, I picked... Helena Bonham Carter. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. Who it wouldn't like, she wouldn't have to be like the old kind of kooky old man, but she could kind of be someone who's mm-hmm. like knowledgeable of the world. Yeah. And who would genuinely, not that, you know, old Gregor doesn't genuinely care for Helen and Alona, but like have a little more stake as to why she cares for them because it's like, mm-hmm. they seem to be like yeah. the only three women on this island that haven't been sold off as a bride so yeah, yeah. no i um, think that's a really it's a really smart move thank you wasn't and, expecting and that we all know i mean if you don't know who helena bonham carter is yeah, yeah, yeah. she's been in almost every harry potter movie she was in oceans eight this summer mm-hmm. she was in planet of the apes was the first movie that came to mind uh alice in wonderland yikes uh fight club i, I mean, thought about Mark Wahlberg's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> but, you know, like she can play kind of weird if mm-hmm. you need her to kind of be mm-hmm. like the weird mystic yeah. a little bit too. I think that's a really good choice. Thank you. Don't let it go to your head. Oh, it's to, it's in my head. <laughs> that's a really good cast that we kind of got through. I don't know. I think you're saying that because you didn't know what else to say because you don't love my guess. <laughs> Orlando Bloom is just funny to me just because it's like sort of the inside joke between us. What's so funny about him? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> All right, let's. He's, he can do it, okay? <laughs> let's get to where does Barry Pepper go? So, in this movie of this like vast expanse of crazy characters and mm-hmm. post apocalyptic nightmares, there was really only one guy that I yeah. was like, come on, if there's a cop, it's Barry Pepper. Yeah, if there's a cop, it's got to be. I did the same thing. Yeah. What's his? He's the enforcer. He's the enforcer, the which I feel like he should have a, a real name, but. But he didn't. Yeah. He was sort of like the moral compass who doesn't really do mm-hmm. anything at the atoll and then in the end somehow makes it to salvation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about this little tidbit of trivia. The original screenplay by Peter Rader was pitched as a children's adventure film. In Rader's screenplay, the Mariner was a human and a chief defender of the atoll whose embarrassing secret was that he enjoyed painting pictures of seahorses. Mm-hmm. Helen had two of her own children along with the adopted Alona, and the deacon was a campy, silly villain who dressed up like King Trident, sat atop a throne on the Essex Valdez, and punished his subordinates by slapping them around the face with a wet fish. Subsequent rewrites gave yeah. by David Tui uh-huh. and Joss Whedon turned the original script into a much more serious action-adventure film. How did we get here? This version of Waterworld. I can't even imagine. <laughs> but honestly, I would say Orlando Bloom could star in that version too. <laughs> I would watch that movie. I would watch all the action bits Orlando could do in this <laughs> version of this movie. It clearly started out as like a straight-to-video kids' movie idea. Yeah. And then Kevin Costner heard about it and was like, here's $22 million of my own money. <laughs> I want I want you to dirty it up a little bit. Because when you think about how far it goes in the other direction, like the great Kim Coates. He's so who good. Who we meet as another drifter in Waterworld who like comes on to the Mariner's boat and is like, I want the women. What you want for the women? We have fully achieved a shift from 
dresses like trident and sits <laughs> atop a throne on the Exxon Valdez. Yeah, it's a little more serious, <clears throat> which is like this tidbit of movie trivia can just sort of show like how far film development goes. Like mm-hmm. think about like if this had gone in reverse, like that's equally as plausible in this town. Yeah. I, your favorite movies probably started out as something entirely different. <laughs> so I have a lot of little tidbits here. So I, I I'm just going to try and pick up my, my best uh, does one of them have to do with this giant sea monster? Oh, that was so out of left field. I just, just was like, yep, that's it fine. It comes straight out of left field. And it enti- like that fish is in its own movie as well. Like that fish belongs in another movie. I mean, I think we know what that movie is. The Meg in theaters now. <laughs> but why? What? Why? I, I, it really <laughs> felt like it was just like, oh, yeah. What about the sea life in this world? And then they're just like, yeah, put a giant mutant whale in it. And then for another, like, la- later in the movie for, like, two minutes, Helen is like, what about the monsters? And he's just like, they're asleep. <laughs> they're gone. What? I don't know. I wrote down, the smokers went to the stormtrooper school of shooting and target practice. <laughs> they have all these, like, blunderbusters and are shooting, like, point blank. And it's just like, Not everything is just, like, ricocheting. Yeah, I really loved the ending of this movie because, again, they cut out all the important bits of it. Oh, yeah. So we're supposed to learn that the Mariner reaches dry land, but because he is part fish, he's like, I can't stay here. I need to go find other people like me. I need to be on the water. Mm-hmm. Nope. That could have been said just as quickly as I did, but that doesn't appear in the movie. He's literally just like, I have to boat. Goodbye. <laughs> Got a boat. And also, uh, Enola's parents are the ones who send out the map. And so did they tattoo their yeah. child and then push her out in the ocean yeah. so that people could come back and find their dead bodies? What? Yeah. Oh, can we talk about your favorite line in the whole movie? Oh. When uh, they get pushed off the boat and he's like, well, let's go underwater. And she's like, I can't breathe like you can. And he says, I'll breathe for both of us. <laughs> oh, my God. They're literally under gunfire from Deacon. And I was just like, please kill these people. Please blow up this whole movie. (laughs) They deserve to die. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Boot. Uh, If you like this episode, please check out our other episodes and tell your friends about them. Please subscribe. Please rate. Kenneth, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find us on social media as this podcast, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately because Brian doesn't like Orlando Bloom, at Flynn B. And if you're on my team, follow me at Kenneth Trent. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for another Kevin Costner. Hello. Good morning. Or night. Whichever the case may be. <laughs> <laughs>